I understand the chaos. I understand the trying to figure out the work-life balance and all those things. Let's just put it all out on the plate, but let's center yourself before making those decisions. Hello and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders shy away from. We believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. I'm your host, Jeff Ma, and as always, I'm here to have conversations and hear stories about real people, real businesses, real life. And joining us on today's podcast is an entrepreneur, life and business strategist, and communications virtuoso with a wealth of over 10 years of experience, Precious Azure. She's the driving force behind the Precious Azure Group, a consulting powerhouse specializing in personal and business development. Known as the Clarity Coach and part of the John Maxwell team, Precious is a strategic advisor whose practical, insightful advice has helped countless startups and businesses navigate their challenges during their nascent and growth stages. Across the nation, Precious has carved a niche, empowering thousands of professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations with bespoke solutions that promote efficiency, simplify processes, and cultivate leadership. Her journey from trials to triumph, encapsulated in her compelling personal story, has ignited a spark of inspiration in countless individuals. She is a best-selling author of The Faith Focus Formula, a guide helping individuals align their faith and goals to facilitate easier decision-making. Precious is well-known for her emphasis on mindfulness, compassion, and personal growth. Her authentic and courageous narratives have resonated with people globally, inspiring them to surmount their hurdles and achieve their dreams. Precious's openness, vulnerability, and courage have made her an influential figure in the personal development and productivity realm. Beyond her roles in the corporate world, Precious is the co-founder and vice president of Measure, an award-winning black female-led organization using research and data activism to foster equitable social change. She's shaking up traditional norms by supplying black, brown, and indigenous-led organizations with the tools needed to evaluate their impact, secure sustainable funding, and create community-led solutions grounded in anti-racism. She's a fervent advocate for protecting black girls and is leading a team of data activists on a relentless quest to eradicate inequities in criminal justice, education, health, and economy. In recognition of her significant contributions, Precious received the Houston Business Journal's Women Who Mean Business Outstanding Nonprofit Leader Award in 2021. And she's an integral part of the leadership committee of the Houston area Urban League Young Professionals. She exemplifies a commitment to her civic duties, leveraging her talents for the betterment of society. So I'd like to welcome Precious Azure to the show. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? I am phenomenal. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. I hope you started your day with the spirit of gratitude and excellence. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. And, you know, there's a lot I want to dive into, but uh, I always want to start the conversation with, with passion. And I want to hear about yours. What is your passion? And what is the road that led you to this passion? Love that. So my passion is developing people. Never thought that would be a thing. As a kid, I had a passion for fashion and entertainment and being an on-camera personality. 
But during my college experience, when I pledged my business fraternity, Alpha Kappa Psi, um, that's when I realized that I had a passion for developing people. We had to impeach our president at the time. And they were like, yeah, we want you to be president. Like you're Madam President. I was like, it's my senior year of college. I'm trying to just graduate. And so when people, you know, trust my leadership, I have to honor that and show up. And so through that, I had to manage a chapter of people from different backgrounds, different majors, all to accomplish one goal. And although I wasn't always, you know, liked, I was respected. And it was just a lot of fulfillment that came out of breaking those communication barriers and ensuring that everyone is pulling their end to, to accomplish this one big goal. So that that's where it started. And it's just evolved during my entrepreneurial journey. Amazing. And now today you focus on entrepreneurs, correct? A lot of um, people in startups. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about like who you work with and how you channel that. Amazing. So post-college, I mean, I had the American nightmare of graduating and not getting a job. Um, but that was also the the kind of start of Facebook era, Instagram era. And I started building my personal brand online um, just for a hobby, honestly, like, you know, blogging, posting different things. And I also cultivated skill sets within doing that. So I actually started off um, building my branding agency. So I was working with a lot of startups, some real estate agents, some that were in the tech space and developing their companies. Um, some were even just influencers that were seeking to monetize their talent and creativity online. And so those are kind of the categories of the type of people I were working with. And so developing their brand identity, identifying what business model is best fit for them, uh, being able to develop that content strategy. So I spent my first two to three years of my business doing that in different states. So when you talk about fashion, entertainment, I was in LA, Atlanta, Dallas, Austin, literally living out my suitcase almost for, for two years, helping people develop their brands and, and create experiences and build community. Um, and I realized that through those times and working with those different companies, helping them develop their teams, because of course, for me, I'm here to set the foundation. You know, I was like, it's to a point to where you can be able to run on your own. And so I just realized, I was like, wow, I really see my long-term uh, fulfillment and impact being in the people and not just making it look good, because I'm good at that. But it was it was tiresome, <laughs> to be honest. And I was like, okay, although I'm great at branding and marketing, what can I wake up and do every day and just not get enough of it? And it was developing the people behind the brand. I know when we first talked, there was a lot of um, a broad range of things that you work with entrepreneurs on from just life skills, time, time management, faith, as, as you say. And then you also mentioned focus. Can you talk a little bit about what entrepreneurs are kind of going through in these different realms and, and what kind of value you help them realize? Awesome. Of course. So I can say one thing, well, there's a few things, but one thing I'll highlight is just one, we're exposed to so much information, which is good and bad, right? It's like, okay, now we have this access to all this information and resources, but now the ability to actually decide what's priority right now and what's going to create the biggest impact, what's going to help me build momentum, it's a tough decision to make on your own. And then outside of that, 
you have from a creativity standpoint, sometimes it's like, oh my God, I have all these ideas. Or you may be inundated and you don't have that creative flow anymore and you don't know what's what. So I think just the exposure of opportunities, there's such a duality to being in the space that we're in now, especially in this digital space and how technology is evolving. So at the, at the bulk of it, it's really the decision-making piece. On average, the average person makes 35,000 decisions per day. So if you consider yourself above average, a business owner, a parent, you're probably making two to three times those amount of decisions every single day. So that decision fatigue, I think, is playing a big role when you have, you know, whether you're a working professional and you're seeking to jump into entrepreneurship or you've been in the game for a while and you're trying to figure out what's that next big move. It's tough to really think about on your own. So as the clarity coach, I'm offering that safe space of like, hey, I understand the chaos. I understand the trying to figure out the work-life balance and all those things. Let's just put it all out on the plate, but let's center yourself before making those decisions. Is there a, a place that you find consistently people come from or struggle with when it comes to this clarity? Is it like some kind of everybody's facing the same thing or is that is it unique to each individual completely different is there some sort of like thread that goes through all of this yeah um, most people are not honoring their truth they're not honoring and respecting their truth and so with that they come across getting the backlash of making decisions that were just only best for the business and not considering themselves or they shut down and the business suffered or the team suffered and relationships were not properly nourished and managed. And it was all due to them not honoring how they really felt, what season they really in. And so that's what I realized is that it's tough to truly not, you can recognize your truth, but operating and honoring that truth is sometimes tough to navigate when there are so many demands on you on a day to day. So, so how do we do that? How do we uncover our truth and then honor it? So one, of course, we know awareness is first, right? But I think sometimes when it comes to actually implementing the decision or implementing that truth, it's the lack of support that some may feel. And so um, in my book, which I'm sure we'll talk, talk about, um, faith plays a big role. And I define faith as the belief system that shapes the story of your reality. And so when you're not consciously aware of the story you're telling yourself, that's when you can experience a lot of like indecision and not feel as confident. And so my message and, and what I'm wanting people to hold on to is that we are all individual expressions of God. We all are abundant beings. Prosperity is our, is our birthright. And so when we lean in and get centered and aligned with the fact that that's actually my true nature and true capabilities and that everything I need, I already have. What I don't have, I don't need. Um, I have so many resources that I have access to. Like when you start to operate out of a spirit of abundance, you don't necessarily have to align yourselves with this human experience of feeling lack or not worthy of. Um, and I like to tell people that, you know, you are worthy, you are intelligent, and you are necessary. That's one of my common, common things that I like to share. I love that message. And I think that it resonates with so many people. For those who are uh, 
of different religious backgrounds or atheists and things like that, what can faith mean to them? Yeah, so the faith the faith focus formula can be applied to all faiths, which is why I wanted to make it very clear my definition of faith. So of course I'll share, you know, my beliefs and those things that I'm rooted in, but on a very, very general term, it's the story that you're telling yourself that creates your reality. So those thoughts, whatever you tell your mind, I dive deep into your conscious mind, your subconscious mind, and how all those things play a role in your decision-making. Because some people may think like, okay, I'm all over the place. I need to get more intentional with my time. I need to get better with time management and planning. But it starts in the mind first of being able to manage your thoughts, manage your feelings, and then the body of us executing. That's the smallest part. The real work is in the mind and understanding where your decisions are rooted in. It's really interesting. When I think of faith and faith-focused things, I'm thinking matters of the heart at times. Is there a balance here? You mentioned a lot about the mind, decision-making, lots of logical things. Are you con- Is it a connection here between the heart and the mind when you speak about these things? Yes. And tying it back to your truth, I believe honoring our truth is an act of self-love. And so once you get through the technical mental aspect of it, It is more so than connecting to your heart and vision of how you want to show up in this world and what do you want this human experience to be like and how do you envision you creating an impact. And so getting connected to that passion, not sure if you've read the book um, Grit by Angela Duckworth. Um, And so I do add a grit assessment and grit is just having the passion and perseverance to do something. And so once you're clear on your beliefs about yourself, about others, about God and what that looks like. That next step is identifying, okay, what am I truly passionate and perseverant about? And I help you walk through that process. And so connecting to the heart, I do believe is connected to your passion and connecting to where you feel most fulfilled. And of course, it's an ongoing journey. It takes different life experiences to figure that out. So I just hope that I'm able to help people simplify that process and at least identify, you know, that one or two things where it's like, this is what gives me my light, what gives me my joy. And it's like, okay, great. Now let's build a plan around that. Not something that you're doing just because someone else told you to do it, because you see other people doing it. This is really you honoring yourself and saying, I need to do this for me. A lot of times when we talk about love as a business strategy and people are looking for places to start or kind of the most important starting points. And I think an often misstep is what you're talking about. I think often people want change, but they don't want to change. And a lot of times it's because they don't have a reason, a real case for their transformation. They they want to be better. They want to improve. They want to level up, but they also don't take the effort to introspect on themselves and see within themselves what, you know, their truth, like you mentioned. And I think such a powerful thing and a reminder for people to start there because you can do all you want in terms of tactics and other things, but if you don't actually find kind of your reason, your why, um, I think it all kind of falls flat. I absolutely agree. And I take things a step further because of course we know when it comes to like manifesting, if you're not your vision, we get these images of what we want our life to look like, but our words are so important. Um, Our words have so much power. 
And so I help you identify what your personal vision statement is. Like, what is that statement where you feel your highest self and most fulfilled? And so I share my vision statement and I put a few different examples so people can kind of get an idea of how to format it and things like that. But my personal vision statement is how I root my decision making. So I say I'm so happy and grateful that I am a global leader, style icon, respected businesswoman, master communicator, proud wife, passionate mother, and the epitome of God's grace and love. That is my anchor. And when I say it, they're like, oh my God, you're married? I didn't see the wedding. I'm like, it's not here yet, but that's how I want to show up when I'm, whether I'm dating, whether I, whatever I'm doing. If I say that I'm a master communicator, then that means that I'm constantly working towards being a better communicator and I'm humbling myself through that process. And so I have the vision of what I want. And I know that every day I am becoming, I am who I'm becoming every single day. That's powerful. Uh, I'm curious for when you say the faith focused formula, is it a formula? Is it a actual like scientific formula or is it a step-by-step -step process? What is the faith focused formula? I love that. So the faith focused formula is to ensure your faith, vision and finances are aligned with your time. Is it a scientific formula? Not necessarily. To be honest, originally it was this very, very long formula that I was like, no one's going to remember all of these different elements. And so I wanted to stick with the faith focus formula just due to the history and how I got to that name. I did a masterclass back in 2020 called um, how to like eliminate distractions. And I had called it like the faith focus formula. And I walked people through the process. But when it was time to turn it into a book, I was like, I want this to be as practical as possible. And so once you go through the book, you'll realize that once you identify your beliefs, once you have a clarity on your vision, once you know how to prioritize your goals and know, okay, the life I want, what does that actually cost and look like? Then you can think about your time. But I say in the last chapter, you can have clarity on all these steps, but if you don't focus on your faith on a daily basis, you're going to be subject to distractions and go off track and do all of that. So you do all this necessary work, but reminding yourself and being mindful of the story you're telling yourself every day is where your true focus needs to be. Because, you know, sometimes a lot of us have problems with dealing with change. We're like, okay, I planned this out. I expected for this to happen and things did not go as planned. That's life, right? So you set your intentions. You have to surrender to what God or the universe has planned or however they've manifested things to be. And then you flow through that. And so in order to, I don't necessarily believe in overall work-life balance, but I do believe in daily work-life balance and just taking things day by day and centering in on your faith and the story you're telling yourself every day will allow you to be more productive, will allow you to say, okay, it's time to rest. will allow you to say, okay, this is a growth moment. Maybe this is an opportunity to delegate, you know? And so me, practicing that within my nonprofit and my team and what I've built, I'm now seeing us really truly have a culture of leading with love and grace because that's how I practice and, and what I tell myself and what I do on a daily. So that's essentially what I mean when the faith focused formula, the formula is you focusing in on your faith on a consistent basis to be more productive and conscious. And if I'm getting it right, being able to focus and keep your eyes on that target allows you to then make 
easier, faster, more clear and conscious decisions around exactly. how, you, how you spend your time. And basically I'm assuming helps with feelings of overwhelming and too much on your plate and juggling, correct? Correct. I have an activity called the time reality check exercise. You know, there's 168 hours in the week. So the first thing I prioritize is sleep. I know some people subscribe to the team no sleep. No, we, that is actually not healthy. It can be team less sleep depending on the season of your life and, and what you're doing and what you're working towards. But sleep is so important. So my first question is, how much sleep do you need every night to be a kind human being? Like, let's answer that first. <laughs> and then we go through all the categories. And honestly, believe it or not, most people have like 20 hours remaining that are unallocated. And they're like, wait, how do I have this time? They'll calculate commute. They'll calculate family time, blah, blah, all these different things. And they're like, there's no way I have time because I've been telling myself that I don't have time. But when we did the technical numbers, it was like, wow. But you have others, it's 168 hours in a week and they'll total up their categories and it'll be 175. I'm like, there's not 175 hours in the week. So clearly you're overextended. So it's a nice visual representation of like, oh, wow, this is my relationship with time. Like, let me make some adjustments. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> I love that. It's such a simple exercise, but it's something I'm, I need to go try myself because it's kind of, it's kind of curious that, that we don't commonly take the time to just map that out and it could make a lot of make a lot of sense from from there are we eliminating things uh, bringing things up down and around what's the next step just how they say when you pull a bank statement it tells a story and it shows the value of how you know how you value things it's the same thing when you look at your calendar you look at the results of this time exercise you can clearly see where you value your time or where you may not be aware of like, okay, I actually value my family more than this thing, but it looks like my time is being spent here. I need to make some adjustments. And I think the biggest thing when it comes to getting this technical about it is that, um, you know, I think post, depending on where you are as a professional, when it comes to being super, super organized in your personal life, most people aren't organized. Most people aren't the best communicators. Most people aren't really that great with time. And so you really have to make a conscious decision of like, man, I want to be better. And you're going to feel like you're becoming a robot. You're going to feel like, ah, oh, this looks too structured. But I always say you have to remember that this is a growth phase for you. And you're trying to establish discipline and better habits here. So you got to do this technical work in order to really measure your progress. Because post, you know, college or depending on what organization you're a part of or you work at in regards of measuring your performance, no one's really measuring your performance in your personal life unless you truly decide to take that on. And so simple thing is just measuring your time and knowing where your time is going, I think is a very, very helpful practice, especially when you get into building a family, wanting to be an entrepreneur, have multiple things. Like we have no choice but to be more conscious of our time and be more conscious of our decisions and how they affect people. I'm curious in your experience when people have more hours on their list than actually exists, what, what's the most common thing that they need, that they find they need to cut or, or reduce or deprioritize? The hobbies, the ideas that don't have actual business models, because they'll say, you know, I have this certain income goal 
And I'm like, okay, great. You have this going on, but these other things that you're wanting to explore, you probably shouldn't be exploring too many new things at once. So I would say sometimes it's them exploring too many new things. And the other is people not understanding how much they've spent on a social aspect. Having a very, very active social life um, also plays a role. And I know when you are an entrepreneur, you can tend to merge a lot of the two. And it's important for you to figure out where are things that I can overlap together. Like if I haven't been as much involved with working out and I want to spend more time with family, is there a weekly family workout? Like I'm getting creative and figuring out, okay, how can I, how can I hit multiple buckets and still be able to get that quality time that I'm seeking in these different areas? So I think that's where the creativity happens and truly trying to figure out, okay, let me align my priorities, but also let me be mindful of the trade-offs of like, maybe this isn't this season. And I support the multi-hyphenates, the multi-passionate people, but a year is not long. A year is not long at all. And so I'm like, hey, it's okay if this is just the focus for the year. She had so much more time to do other things. So those are some of the things that I see and then some of just the guidance I provide once they get to that point and having to make those other decisions. Awesome. Shifting gears just a little bit. I know that as an entrepreneur, you likely started off on your own, but today I know you work with teams. You work with people who work with you, alongside you and under you. Can you talk about how this translates to them now as, as a leader uh, yourself and have been leader? How do you, how are you applying these things for them, growing them in these ways? How are you loving that team? Oh my God. I, so one thing we do every morning, we have these, um, we just call them like stand up check-ins every morning on Slack. And I created this structure where you have to say something you're grateful for, your three goals of the day, what your roadblocks are, and then an emoji to put your mood. <laughs> so all of us do that every day at 9am. And that alone has made such a significant difference in our culture and an ability to collaborate together. Because one, it has everyone start their day with the spirit of gratitude. And they're also starting their day with a spirit of excellence because they now know their focus for the day. And then also put in the emoji to know what their mood is because they can be grateful, they can have these tasks and then they're like, hey, I'm actually feeling sick today, but I'm here and I'm showing up. Or like, hey, I have my coffee, my espresso, I'm pumped, I'm ready to go. So it's just kind of getting that, that energy check, check in, that pulse and being able to know where everyone is. So that has made a major impact. But I also think as a leader, I've really been able to hone in on the systems of how my people do what they do to now they're creating space to, I'm, I'm creating space for them to now bring solutions to the table of how we can do it better. And so making sure they're staying goal oriented and which is what I'm all about is how is all of, how is all of our activity aligning with the greater goal? Because sometimes when you're in, I'm in the nonprofit space with my team at Measure, and we are six years old. So we're still kind of in our, I guess our teenage years, maybe. Uh, we're still growing and developing, but it took a while for us to figure out, one, what we were doing, what we do best, and how do we do it best. And so I'm grateful for my team that's been able to see the vision, that's been committed, and now I'm focused in on saving them time. I'm like, we don't need all these meetings. 
we don't need all these different things if everyone is focused on that specific goal. So it's shown up in several different ways within our organization. But every day I'm just seeing more and more of how my leadership and how things are being duplicated, even down to the volunteers that work with us and people leading with love, leading with grace and leading with making sure our priorities are aligned with the greater goal. As we wrap things up and we touch so many things, is there one thing that you would advise people to go and do right now that, that, you, that they may not be doing yet? I would say if you're not doing this, you should block out one hour at the start of every single month, just one hour, whether that's taking yourself to lunch, going to the library, going to a coffee shop and plan your month, but starting with you first. So I'm just how they say pay yourself first i'm scheduled me first at the beginning of every month i schedule okay what does my workout schedule look like now granted every week it may change but i give myself an hour to just think about me what what are my my personal maintenance needs what are my fitness goals this month what am i not doing what stressed me out last week that i'm not giving energy to i give myself an hour to figure that out as well as be proactive in you know with family who needs me? What events do I have to show up for? Because whenever it comes to the, the leader or the business owner or the one, the one that's head of household, we tend to care about, care about everyone else first. But that's just our servant hearts, which we shouldn't feel guilty about. But I'm, I'm really big on making sure we're centering self first in order for us to be our best selves for those that we care about. So I would say take that one hour and just consider all things that you need to be your best self and then work in everything else from there versus the other way around. Some really good advice, taking notes, because I'm going to start practicing that along with assessing my weekly hourly allocation. So yes, Precious, I thank you so much for the time you've spent, the wisdom you've dropped, kind of the perspectives that you've given all of us. So really appreciate you taking the time today and joining us. I appreciate the opportunity. This has been absolutely amazing. Uh, for those who are looking to find out more, I know you have your your book that's been out, the, the um, faith-focused formula. Um, how else might people be able to reach you or learn more? Yes, yeah, so you can go to faithfocusedformula.com to learn more about the book as well as purchase it. I will also be releasing an audio version come late August, so definitely stay on the lookout for that. But theclaritycoach.co is where you can go um, and find me on all socials, on my website, I am online, <laughs> so you can find me anywhere. The Clarity Coach, got it. Well, thank you, Precious, and thank you to our listeners. As always, we appreciate you staying with us. Check out the book, Love as a Business Strategy, if you still haven't for any reason, and subscribe and rate the podcast. We love that feedback. We love the support. And with that, we'll see everybody next week. Have a great day.